Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. So what I've been working on is trying to help prepare kiddos for disaster. Um, A lot of times we forget about them and just assume they're going to be okay, but the reality is, is we may not be with them when something happens. So if they're prepared to know what to do, it's a better chance we get them back home. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week we introduce you to people who are working on real-world problems and providing actual solutions. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week I try to introduce you to somebody who has recognized a problem that exists and is working on a solution to make things better. Now, I've had a lot of episodes where we've talked to people about the environment, about climate, about disaster preparation, and a lot of that is from the adult perspective. My guest today is taking a look at disasters, but gearing it towards children. My guest today is Heather Beal. She's a Navy veteran, mom, wife, and scholar who has chosen to help prepare children and those who care for them for disaster. Heather, welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, first, let's say that that is a real background behind you, and it yeah. looks spectacular. How, how cold is it where you are, though? I think we're about 30 degrees right now, but it's so pretty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'll say what people hate when they know you're in Florida is that it's 84 here and actually a little warm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll just move on. You don't even have to say anything. <laughs> what is the uh, problem or issue that, that you've been working on? So thanks, George. So what I've been working on is trying to help prepare kiddos for disaster. Um, a lot of times we forget about them and just assume they're going to be okay. But the reality is, is we may not be with them when something happens. So if they're prepared to know what to do, it's a better chance we get them back home. And what is the way that you have chosen to approach this? Like, what's the age range of kids and how do you educate them? So what I focused more on the preschool and uh, um, and younger group, uh, three to eight years old, typically, even though that's early elementary, if you can get a sense of normal into them for being prepared, like fire drills, um, my goodness, all the kids know what to do in schools. And even in preschools, my son and my daughter both had fire drills. So they know what to do and they don't like the sound of it. I don't like the sound of it. I'll be honest, that alarm is loud, but they know what to do. So if we can normalize the rest of the things and just kind of focus on a, what do you do to be safe, making smart decisions? it's going to be part of their normal and knowing how to take care of things. Now, I used to be in the news business. I was a a television weatherman and I would go and talk to schools and kids would always ask questions about tornadoes and earthquakes and and all kinds of disasters. And that could be a really scary time for a kid because they're they're afraid when, when they're away from their parents, they're definitely going to be more concerned. So how do you approach all this to give them a, a comfort zone so they can survive all of this? Well, we focus on, on the things that they can do to be safe, kind of empowering them. Um, a funny story is my daughter, I tried to explain what a, <laughs> what a tornado watch was to her right before she went to bed on a nice stormy night in Maryland. As you can guess, it did not go well because, well, I just really messed it up. So I started looking for books and stuff to try and figure out if we can talk about this ahead of time in a way that's kind of more story-like, then maybe she'll follow along the characters and, and be able to do it. So that, that's actually the impetus for why I started writing children's books. But with, the, with the, what we do is we, we teach kiddos, this is what the event is. And there's lots of wonderful science and weather books out there for kids on that. But what we don't tell them is what to do to be safe. 
how to help themselves, how to be, you know, a big boy or a big girl and, and help others. And that's kind of the focus here is it gives them a chance to know what to do and kind of be in charge of a, a little bit in a situation that generally is not a, a good situation to be in, but it does help them. Now, do you do it through the books? Do you go talk to groups? What is the primary way that you get this message out to people? A couple of different ways is I have the books that I write. I also run a nonprofit, Blocks, that helps prepare childcare and children for disaster. So we'll go in and do training. Sometimes we use the books. Sometimes it's, um, we have this kind of like the pillowcase project. It's a I'm ready, so's Teddy project where we go in and teach kiddos what to do. And I just remember my daughter going through what we call the line leader phase. No, mommy, I want to be in charge. I want to open the door. I want to do this. Kids at that age want to do something. They want to have a say. And if we can provide that, here's what you do. They'll take it home. They'll do it. Look at mom and dad to do it as well as brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you would have in reality, a more receptive audience among young people, because as I've found in the projects that I've done, most grownups don't even worry about it. They don't think about it. They're not prepared for it. So maybe it starts with the younger generation of making the grownups understand. That's kind of exactly what I do. <laughs> I absolutely. I mean, I, I love all of our emergency management outreach programs and the people that do come, they care. They want to get better. But most of us, we just kind of sit at home and go, it's like insurance. It might happen. Maybe we look at it as a possibility, not a probability. So if we just put this into the normal for kiddos, you know, this is what you do before you cross the street. This is what you do if there's a fire drill. This is what you do if a stranger talks to you. And you add all these other, this is what you do if there's a tornado. They know what to do. It just makes it their new normal. Yeah. So what obstacles do you run into when you're trying to get this word out there? What's the, 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 the thing that keeps people maybe from, from doing it and, and getting on board? Um, sometimes it's, it's a, that insurance policy kind of idea. I told you on some, you know, probability, possibility question. A lot of folks are afraid to, cause they think it's too scary. And I'll be honest, I don't focus on any of, of the scary stuff. If we truly had that 9.0 Cascadia here, it's going to be bad. But what I do focus on is the things we can do to help ourselves and our friends and, and anyone else that's our family with us and how they can be as safe as possible. Now, what is it in your background that uh, that got you into this? I mean, you're a Navy veteran. So as a parent, obviously, you're going to have concern for your kids. What, what did you learn in the military? So I had a pretty uh, varied career in the military. Um, by the time I was uh, the last five years or so, I started doing exercise planning. And so you're always working on a plan for, you know, what if the adversary does this? How do you counter that? You know, trying to anticipate next moves and what do you do if so? I realized that that kind of planning, that kind of what if isn't being looked at for kids. Everyone just assumes, oh, they'll be with mom or dad. Well, the truth is children six and under spend an average of 33 hours a week in some sort of childcare arrangement. What, I mean, that doesn't really have good odds for being at home with mom and dad because earthquakes and such don't wait to schedule themselves conveniently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've kind of taken that mentality and just kind of switched up the, okay, the adversaries are the disasters, and the kiddos are the good guys. So how do I arm the good guys to win? Yeah, I mean, human nature seems to be so against what grownups think, you know, that they're they're blindly going through not worrying about it, but grownups do worry about their kids. And, you know, gosh, we see these horrible things happen at schools. We see kids getting separated from parents and disasters. 
I mean, there's so many things to worry about as a parent. I think it would give parents real comfort to know that their children did have an understanding of what to do. I absolutely agree. I said that my kids don't always listen to everything I say, but as children do, <laughs> but we try our best and uh, that's, we try our best. That's absolutely, that's all we can do. Yeah. So give me an example of some of the, some different types, types of books. Let's, well, let's walk through a couple uh, examples of that. Sure. So, so I, like I said, I started with tornadoes because that's the one I messed up with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've moved on to earthquakes out here in Washington. That is a real concern. Uh, storm safety. We've also talked about hurricane preparedness uh, in one of my books, the kiddos go visit an aunt and uncle and there's a hurricane coming. So they need to know what to do and what that means. And the latest one here is called uh, Burnt Toast and Snow Cream Cones. It's actually based after a, uh, a fire drill or a, an alarm that kind of went off at the t- daycare when uh, it was a snow day. They were really making snow cream cones. And uh, the teacher uh, burnt the toast. So <laughs> we ended up setting up the smoke alarms and everyone went outside. Wow. It's uh, being outside in the cold. That's two things they needed to be prepared for, the, the fire and the and the cold weather. Now kids say amazing things. What are some of the questions that kids have asked or that you've had? You've got some great stories of things that come out of their mouths when it comes to these kind of things. Oh my goodness. So I usually start, uh, when I go do um, into the child cares here, we'll use the earthquake book primarily because that's the main focus. And it's so funny because one of the things I'll ask the kiddos is, well, what's an earthquake? And you wouldn't believe all the crazy stories. It's a meteor, it's lava, it's I just, you know, it's, it's, I haven't heard the abominable snowman yet from them, but uh, you never know what they're going to say. And it comes out of the sky or it comes out of trees. It's like, well, no, not actually. And everyone's convinced it's a Hollywood model of big holes opening in the ground. It's like, no, no, (laughs) it's not quite like that. So it's, it's really fun and interesting to see what they think it is and help them shape a perspective that makes sense to them in their language so they can understand it. Yeah, I think it's important for them to be educated more than we are. When I was in the news business, also, anytime there was an earthquake and then there was a tsunami warning, the news director would send a news crew down to the beach. And I would always question that and say, are you kidding me? Shouldn't we be going the other way? If there is a tsunami and there's, there's been a warning that's issued, why are we going to the beach? So you almost want kids to be smarter to overcome the stupidity of grownups. <laughs> that is a tall task sometimes, I have to admit. But kids yeah. can't do that. I mean, Tilly Smith, the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. She was a, a little British girl on, on holiday in Thailand with her mom, dad, and little sister. And she saw the water doing something really weird. It was all kind of frothy and it had receded back. And they had no indication of that, Indone- Indone- that uh, earthquake that had happened in Indonesia. They had not felt it there. And she just kept on mom and dad, mom, dad, there's something wrong. There's going to be a tsunami. I learned about it in geography class. And she kept at it and kept at it. And eventually dad went to the pool garden and said, hey, I know it sounds crazy, but my daughter's convinced. And that's when they found out about the earthquake and the men started rounding people up. She probably saved hundreds of lives. Wow. That's That's... what our kids can do. Yeah, no, that's that's. That's amazing to, uh, to to hear of an example like that because we see it in so many other kinds of of disasters that you know again when when there's really cold weather or when there's a hurricane you see news crews outside for hours telling you not to go outside and I always thought maybe we should be inside so they would see that that's where you want to be as opposed to being outside so I don't think we really model very well for children. 
No, no, I don't think we do for children at all. I mean, those newscasts too, I mean, it's the adults watching that, but if the kids happen to be watching it, like you said, that's not the role model that they want to, they should be emulating as far as uh, their own safety. So what is it now? Obviously you have some entrepreneurial um, experience based on what you're doing with these books. A lot of people think they have an idea or there's something that they want to do, but they're, for whatever reason, they just don't ever go forward with it. What would you tell people who are in that mindset? If you believe it's important to get it out there, find a way to get it out there. I can't tell you how many hours I spent online researching how to write books and where to get information from it and how to get out to people, as well as the nonprofit side, trying to, how do I start a nonprofit? Who do I talk to? Where can I go for funding? And, and it is a continual thing and it's a constantly evolving thing, but it's the right thing. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Having a nonprofit isn't really as easy as, as, as people think. A lot of people think, ah, it's just a way to, to, you can get money for your business, but there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through and things you have to do to, to maintain that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's the state requirements as well as the federal requirements for wherever you're registered. And, and it isn't easy. People don't throw money at you at all. It is a constant battle to try and get the funding to be able to support the projects that you want to do. Okay. So how do people get your books and how would they, how, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, so absolutely. Um, the books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I think even the readiness lab has them now. So uh, you can find them in a lot of places. Uh, uh, as far as how to get a hold of me, uh, you can reach me at, uh, if you look at blocksusa.org or trainforsafety.com, that's with the number four. Either one of those uh, things, the Training for Safety is the book side and uh, the Blocks, U- Blocks USA is, is part of Blocks. They do the, I, we do the child care preparedness and preparing children for disaster on the nonprofit side. Great. And what would you tell parents, give them a little kick that might motivate them for how important it is for young people to understand what they would do in a disaster? don't assume. I mean, don't assume that, that they're going to be safer, that we're going to be with people that know what to do. They, the kids can handle it. They can, ha- they know what to do. Like I said, you know, crossing the street, dealing with, you know, fire drills, you can help them with these other things that aren't predictable and increase the chances that you don't lose them. You know, we can't prevent disasters this is what I tell people, but you can prevent a lack of preparedness. And if you prepare the kiddos, you got a better chance of getting them home to you. Do you think social media makes it more challenging when you see videos that kids look at online and they're rewarded almost for stupidity and doing dangerous things? And then at the same time, we're trying to educate them about safety. It seems like we're kind of fighting ourselves here. I think in some ways we are, but a lot of the stuff that uh, there's so much more stuff for the younger kids than there used to be. Um, one of the things we used to watch when the kids were little was the Daniel Tiger show off of the, the spinoff uh, cartoon off Mr. Rogers. And they would cover all kinds of more emotional topics, but it was great because the kids could kind of relate to those characters and learn what to do. And there are some channels and things out there like that, I, but I agree there needs to be more and parents need to kind of keep an eye on what the kids are watching because there are a lot of the other crazy stuff too. Yeah, it seems like with TikTok and with those, with, remember those blooper shows used to be on where people would get a good laugh out of somebody skateboarding into a tree or doing something stupid, you know. But then again, when I was younger, they used to say, well, the cartoon where you blow a guy's head off and then he bounces back up and runs away. So I guess each generation has their own level of stupidity. Our, our cartoons were pretty violent back then when you look at them now through different lenses, for sure. 
Yeah. And uh, like I said, you pick your poison of generations, right? Each one of them. I sound like an old guy sitting on the porch right now. <laughs> well, hey, Heather, continued success with um, with the books and with educating people and getting getting kids ready for disasters. I think it's important work and uh, I wish you success with it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining me on this week's Tell Us How to Make a Better podcast. If you liked what you were listening to, it would be great if you could leave a review, share the link with someone else, or even subscribe so you can become a regular listener of the podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, there's a contact form on our website, tellushowtomakeitbetter.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.